Welcome back, guys, to Don't Call Me Skinny, episode 27. Before I introduce my amazing guest, which, by the way, you're going to want to stick around for this because she is fucking awesome, bomb.com. You guys, I want to just really quick announce my challenge that I have coming up. We all know it's like barbecue season at this point. And, you know, maybe some of us are headed to some barbecues. Maybe some of us have opened up our pools or gone to the beach, out on the boat, jet skis, what the fuck ever. Or maybe you're a fucking hermit and just sit in your house. That's cool, too. I, I mean, I can dig that, honestly. But either way, I am going to be doing a free challenge, guys. I did a free challenge back in January through like February time frame called the Love You 22. This one, it's got the best name fucking ever. It's called Red, White and Booty. All right. So this specific challenge is going to be focused on the booty. Who doesn't want to grow their booty right now? It's like all the rage. So that either means like every strength training uh, workout, which you'll get in this challenge, will have some booty exercises as well as some really interesting facts and tips and things about our booties. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll notice that I frequently let people know how they cannot grow their booty, which is on the stair climber. Stop growing your booty on the stair climber. It doesn't work. But the challenge is going to take place June 27th through July 15th, $250 to the grand prize winner. The link to apply is in the show notes. Yes, you must apply for this challenge. I will only be accepting so many people into the challenge because obviously I can only like take on so many people. And if you have been maybe scared or curious or something about what one on coaching actually looks like, this kind of will give you a little bit of a flavor of what that looks like with me. But at the same time, you know, it's not going to be everything that I offer for one-on-one coaching, but most of the things that I do. So some of the things that are going to be included with the Red, White, and Booty Challenge are personalized macros. You guys are going to receive workouts. You guys are going to get to do weekly check-ins with me, and I'm going to go weekly live so you guys can ask all your questions that you might have. Now, remember, like, we're six months into the year at this point. And I don't believe in a lot of motivation because motivation sometimes like fails us. I mean, it always fails us because then we have nothing to rely on. But I do, and I'm a firm believer in using momentum. And maybe some of us need a little bit of momentum to kick off this summer um, to make sure that we're kind of doing shit right. Or maybe we just need a little bit of an adjustment or a little bit of help. And so that's why I, I love doing these challenges. I have definitely had people with some bang ass results during these. It's actually pretty incredible what happens when you learn how to fuel your body and also just getting in a little bit of more knowledge on what works and what doesn't work specifically for you. That's the beauty of one-on-one coaching. And you'll be able to ask me all those questions that I that you directly need help with. Right. So that's the cool thing about this challenge. But again, it's called the Red, White, and Booty Challenge. And you can click the show notes, applications there. All you have to do is click that link, apply, and boom, in like Flynn, we're working on the booty booty. And let's do this, you guys. We're going to get ready for July 4th, freedom motherfuckers. I have a special guest with me today, Coach Gabby. What is up? I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> yes. All I'm right, so, guys. So excited. Yes. I have a special guest with me today, guys. Her name is Coach Gabby Karvoski because we there were just talking go. about his, la- her, his, good Lord, her last name and how to pronounce it. And it looks really intimidating, but it's really not. So that's great. Like, go team. <laughs> All right. So Coach Gabby is a coach I have met in the past, and she also uh, coaches clients on their quote unquote, weight loss slash health 
journey because we all know this is not just about weight and the scale, which is something that we're going to dive in a little to uh, today. But I want you to tell me a little about you, um, where you're from, what you do, and how you got here uh, in this place. Yeah, of course. First, I want to say that I am so incredibly proud of you. Can we just take a second? Can we take (laughs) a second and just talk about how badass you are for doing this? You have so much going on in your life and you are just like crushing it. And I'm just, I'm so proud. And I'm honored to be here. Thank you. I just want to say that first. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Next, now to me. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, you guys always get people in your corner who are going to boost your ego like a motherfucker. That's the kind of people you want in your life right there. Thank you. Go team. Yes. Yes. I really am so proud of you. But um, okay, so me, I kind of have a really long fucking story. Um, and I'm going to do my best to make it really snappy. Um, I will preface my ADD gets a little <laughs> wild. So I'm going to do my best to make it, you know, quick. So growing up, I was an incredibly skinny kid and 100 pounds soaking wet. And so I and also I played sports all my life. I played soccer. I played rugby, both very cardio intensive and nutrition was not a thing in my family. We grew up on all the processed foods, pop tarts, all the stuff which in turn for me made me skinnier because I wasn't focusing on nutrition. It was all processed food and I was, you know, so into cardio and, you know, so nothing. Um, so I was always super, super skinny. Anyways, um, people usually think twice about calling someone fat, right? Like you would think, you would hope so. I mean, it's obviously terrible people in the world, but right. you would think that they, you know, think twice about calling someone fat. But people would call me skinny because I feel as if it was just easier. It would slip off the tongue a lot easier because it's more quote unquote socially acceptable to be skinny. Agree. You know? Agree. Yeah. But yeah. But the thing was, that was like never a compliment. Like they didn't say like, oh my gosh, your skinny looks so good. Not like, I don't think that would even make things better, but it was, oh my gosh, you're so skinny, eat a fucking cheeseburger. You know <laughs> like, what I mean? Why so, are you not eating this shit? Why are you not eating more food? Or what are you, what are you not doing? Or what the hell's wrong exactly. with you? It's always, and that's honestly like, hence the title of the podcast. Like people think it's a compliment. It's literally not a compliment at all. You literally, when you told me the name of this podcast, I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, first of all, I'm pissed if I ever started a podcast because that's what I was wanting to get. So <laughs> <laughs> that shit. But no, but really, um, being called skinny, that to this day, you know, I'm 30 years old, still a trigger word. Yep. Like, will forever be a trigger word. Like, you want to get throat punched? Call me skinny. Like, it's just a very quick, you know, way to get me pissed. <laughs> yes, I agree. I feel that. <sighs> yes, for sure. And um, so, yeah, so I started lifting weights right out of high school. Um, I'm now at, you know, a solid 155. So 55 pounds, I gained in about 10 years. So um, I probably would have gained it a lot faster had I had a coach or I had any sort of direction. I was just kind of in there eating a bunch of food and lifting weights. Sure. Anyway, so, so <laughs> yeah. um, you think losing, losing weight's hard, gaining muscle. As you know, gaining muscle is freaking tough. So, um, so yeah, so I've had a lot of careers in my life. I was a bartender for many, many years, age 18 to like 26. Um, I dabbled as a makeup artist at the same time. And then most recently, I was a firefighter for the past few years. Bad so, ass. Sorry, we're just going to take a second there. Yeah. Bad ass. Female motherfucking <laughs> firefighter. You. Yeah, let's Thank go. Thank you. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was. Um, but the thing was, no matter what I was doing, health and fitness was always my passion. It was always, you know, the constant in my life. The one thing that was always constant and working as a firefighter, I was also an EMT. So I was around a lot of sick people and it really blew my mind. The amount of uneducated, uneducated people there are and the amount of misinformation and the amount of disease 
that can prevent be prevented by simply taking care of yourself. Yep. Like really, really mind blowing. Like I would see people who are my parents are in their fifties and I would see people in their fifties like in a wheelchair, like missing legs from diabetes. Like yep. just just in terrible, terrible shape. But I'm just like the thing about type two diabetes is it's dietary. Yes. You know, like that's that shit can be controlled with you know, the right food and exercise and just being healthy in general. So, so that is kind of what sparked it. Um, that, okay, like maybe I need to do something here. Like maybe I can do something here. And so that's when I started my business while I was still working as a firefighter. And then I soon came to realize that I can make more money, be more fulfilled and do my passion and sleep way more. <laughs> right. Sleep <laughs> um, is key. This. Yes. And I can actually sleep and not wake up in the middle of the night because grandma Susie has leg cramps. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, which is a true story. I've literally gotten woke up at 3am because somebody has like crap. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like how I got here and my program, uh, although the foundation, the base is really getting into good shape, making you, you know, the healthiest you, you can be. I also like to focus on more of a body and mind approach and we can get more into that in the episode, but it really is important to me that my clients know why they are the way they are and why they keep having the same struggles manifest in their life. Because nine times out of 10, it's not necessarily that they're an unmotivated person and not disciplined enough or whatever. Like, yes, they are those things. Um, but there's typically a deeper layer there. And there's a deeper reason why they feel that way about themselves. And so my job is to really help them understand that. Because if they don't know why they're doing the things they're doing, or they don't recognize the things that they're doing, odds are they're going to fall back into their same patterns after me. You know what I mean? Yep. And we can change externally all we want, right? But if we don't change what's going on internally, odds are we will fall back into old habits. So yeah. that's, you know, me. And, and, and if we do, if we do fall back into old, old habits, that means, you know, I fail. You know, if you're not successful long term, that means I fail. And so I really am kind of recently shifting my programming more into um, focusing around limiting beliefs, self-sabotage, body image improving the food relationship, practicing more self-compassion. Um, those things are really my shit. And I think that those layers are going to create a stronger foundation for them to become successful um, in reaching and sustaining their body goals long-term. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you because I think a lot of what we, I mean, I, I, I know I speak for you when I say I always want my clients to never have to hire anybody else again. I don't want them to be like, oh, this is another failed program. See, I knew it wouldn't work. And kind of like you said, go back into the same thing that they were doing before you. Like, well, then I didn't do my fucking job. I didn't educate you enough. I didn't get to the deep-rooted issues enough. Like, we did not actually fix the underlying problem, which is obviously very, very deep. If we're just mm -hmm. reverting back into the bad habits that we came in with, right? It's it's completely like, and that's how I feel. about I, I want to educate my clients. I want them to understand like, and I think the other part of this is like, you know, I feel like with all we can, we could go on for days about the quick fixes and the fad diets and that only contributes to this whole, like why we're on this cycle of going back into bad habits. But like this process is not a quick, easy fix. And I think a lot of people, come in, yeah, people want to come in and they're like, Oh, what do you mean? you're, I'm going to you're like, you think I need a year of work? Well, no, I probably think you need like three, but I mean, like, <laughs> need about six but you want to know what let's start with six months <laughs> right exactly like let's just start with what is like you know doable in our scope so when when you're talking about like self-sabotage let's talk about a little bit about what what do you mean by self-sabotage um when it comes to your clients and how do you help them through that 
So self-sabotage is basically doing things that are going against what you really value, like what your goals are. So for example, overeating on the weekends, like you have a fat loss goal, yet you continue to overeat on the weekends. You continue to miss your workouts. You continue to talk bad about yourself. You continue to say, I'm too busy to do this. I'm too busy. That's self-sabotaging. You know what I mean? Like we all have time. It's just finding the time. And if you don't want to, if you are choosing not to find the time, when you know that that time is going to get you where you want to go, that's self-sabotaging. Like, you know what you need to do. Like, we all know what we need to do. Yeah. Like, every single one of us. Like, nobody's naive to the things that they need to do to get the shit done. But we still continue to not do it. Why? Why? And, and that's what I really try to help my clients and understand like why are we doing the things we're doing yeah exactly and I think that's like key like you know how many times I know I've seen it a gazillion times on whether it's like because obviously we're in Facebook all the time and shit ton of groups and you know trying to help people and whatnot but like how many times have we seen well I know what to do I just don't do it mm-hmm, exactly okay like, why not like, what the fuck then? Like, if you know what to do, yeah. what the fuck like, you want to call with me for then? Like, why the, why the fuck am I here? <laughs> like, what mm-hmm. what do you want from me if you already know what to do? You know? For sure. And and I think the other element of that is that how much shit is out there for free? You could go on Google and look at what, well, what am I? Okay, maybe you don't know what to do. Well, there's Google. And Google will tell you every fucking thing that you need to do. You know? The problem mm-hmm. that we have now is that it's just so, I don't know, absorbed with bullshit and shit now you know so people are just overwhelmed they don't they feel like they don't know what to do because they're overwhelmed with information it's funny that you say this because i literally just did a post today where i was like we're focusing on all this stuff all the time instead of focusing on the very small shitty habits that you have you know like we're not simplifying our priorities we're looking at the big like all the things like we're looking at this diet and that diet and you know i see it a lot when people go to do their macros and they're like i don't know which one to do just pick one, pick one, pick one and stick to one because you want to know what, at the end of the day, if it works great, if it doesn't, you have data, right? Like you have something to go from, you know what I mean? And so that's what I think is a big struggle with people where they don't even know where to start or what to do um, because of all this, they feel overwhelmed. But what overwhelmed really is, is just lack of clarity, right? It's just lack of understanding like what you specifically need to do, which is great, which is why you hire a coach. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's our job is to, clarify what it is you need to do but at the same time people just get overwhelmed and then they do nothing so yeah, that I, I can relate with that for sure like yeah <laughs> I know that's another I, sabotage yeah <laughs> that's another sabotage yeah, you know for sure yeah it's like well there's so many things to do a nap looks really good right now like <laughs> napping yeah. is great that's what my husband does he takes a nap when he's stressed I'm like how do you nap like my brain wouldn't shut the fuck down he's like I just shut off I just turn it all off and go nap I'm like oh Whoa, good for you, man. I, I know. Wish. It's incredible. I was, I'm, That's I'm impressed. very impressive. Yeah, exactly. He's blessed. I know. <laughs> Lucky him, right? I'm like, I don't know how to shut the fuck off when I'm stressed, but okay. Oh, yeah, no. I've started, I've, I've just started, um, cause I, I, I know we're getting, I'm getting off a tangent no, on we're this, good. but meditation, meditation is one, right? And so I just started practicing breathing exercises when I get really stressed. Yes, I did one before this podcast. I sure did. <laughs> breathing exercises with a little dance, with a little dance after. Um, but it, that, that's one thing that we always have, our breath, right? Like yeah. no matter where we go, we always have our breath. And so that's one thing that also I talk to my, um, some clients about is just with stress management. Um, 
if you can't do anything, if you feel like you can't do anything, guess what? You always have your breath with you. Like, take a minute. Take some breath, man. There's a reason why people say take some breath. Well, and you're always in control of that. Like, you literally, like, nothing, nothing has a control over your breath except for you. Like, legitimately, when everybody's like, well, that's in your control. Like, what you put in your mouth is in your control. Well, not all the time. That's not entirely true. But literally, you are breathing for yourself. Like, there is nothing that, like, the person that sits next to you at the table is not the person breathing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's the one. One of the most underrated tools. Yes. Agree. 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 So, let's say, like, Sally Billy Bob Joe comes to you and is like, blah, 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 blah. These are my problems. And you notice like from jump self-sabotage, you know, there's a lot of underlying problems. How do you, how do you walk through Sally, Billy Bob Joe that you're going to just, you know what? We need to like, take it back. Like we need to like, cause she thinks she's going to get macros and exercise and this and this and this and this. So how do you tell a client, Hey, guess what? Chickadee, we're not really like, you know, put, put the train back on the horse and, and whatnot. Like, how do you pull them back? Like, how do you explain that to them? It starts very slowly, to be completely honest, because when a lot of my clients sign on, it's for a fat loss goal, right? right. So if I tell them, hey, we're going to focus on self-tapotage this week, they're going to be like, fuck you. Like, I didn't sign up for that. Like, I want to lose this weight. Right. Yeah. So really, I, I wait for the things to really show up. Right. So like, I have one client in particular, she has a really hard time with self-accountability. And this is something that we've noticed as time goes on, because we start with very small tasks. Like we build this shit brick by brick by brick. Like if you can't hit a protein goal, I'm not going to go give you carbon fast to track too. Like we're going to start small. So for her, she was having a hard time every week, which is very small task, just, you know, 5k step goal, like very minimal things. And so, you know, when I see these manifest, I, we get on a call and I ask her and turns out, you know, I think everything stems from some, from our childhood in some way or another. Like a lot of our biggest issues stem from our childhood. So I asked her, you know, what were her parents like? Her parents were very micromanaging. Her parents had to tell her to this day, they're so micromanaging. They have to tell her what to do, when to do it, hold her hand constantly. And so what was hard for her was being an adult and her own self-accountability because I'm like, I hold her accountable, but I, can, I can't be there every step of the way. Right. right? So, so in her case, I said, okay, we first, we recognize where it stems from, right? Because that's, that's, that's the first step is not only becoming aware of it, but understanding where it's also stemming from. So we can release judgment on ourselves because it made her feel like shit. Like why, like what is wrong with me? Like, am I a failure? Like, why can't I figure this out for myself? Like it right. really had her like spinning. And I'm like, listen, you thought this way for over 25 years, right? 26 years. We're not just going to flip the switch and all of a sudden be able to hold ourselves completely accountable. You know what I mean? It's one thing that I'm very grateful for, for not having any accountability growing up. Like right. I wasn't been on my own since I was 15. So I feel that like, I, like, although I resented my parents for many years, I, they empowered me to make my own decisions. Sure. Like I feel okay with failing or, you know, doing something by myself or, you know, whatever, but not everybody had that luxury. And yep. so this was one of her, and I call it a luxury now because I really, I, I see it as a luxury because I'm, who I am because of that, you know? Right. Um, but for her, you know, so we just had to dig in. And that's just one of the biggest things is not only having self-awareness, but understanding the root and why it's showing up. And then once we can understand the why, we can then practice the tools to manage it and, you know, not quote unquote fix it, but practice, practice it. Because obviously she's probably going to struggle for the rest of her life. You know, like we all have right. this subconscious programming. That's her subconscious programming. We're always going to fall back to that at some point or another. 
And um, so it's really important to just recognize that and then release judgment on it. When we see it come up, like, okay, I know why this is happening. That's okay. Let me try to reroute it now. Right. Did that answer your question? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, th- no, this is, no, this is really good because it's a lot of like uh, things that I try to do with my clients are the same. They come to me, they, they have the weight loss go. And the first thing is like, okay, well, so what are this, this and this and how am I checking my food? And this, and I'm like, how about you just hit, you know, 4,500 steps and uh, not get monsters every day on your way to work. Yeah. Or great, let's great start with a, a 10 minute walk today. And they're like, well, this is simple. Well, if it's so simple, why the fuck can't you do it? Right. So, and then we have to dig into that cause and that reason behind the same concept, right? Well, I really want to track my food. Well, if you cannot walk for 10 minutes every day, tracking food requires time, effort, and energy. So why are, if you don't have the time, effort, and energy for 10 minutes of walking, we got to figure out where you're going to get that time, effort, and energy for tracking food. Cause that shit, it can get really frustrating and overwhelming. And so same concept, like I actually just, uh, a, a fairly new client that I have maybe about three weeks or so now. And Uh, we were, you know, doing some walking and and some stuff like that. And she was doing great. So we've added in protein. And I said, just track your protein. And this week she was like, I'm so glad you only had me track protein because I really feel like more than that would be very overwhelming. It's, but, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's like, I know what I'm doing. Right. right. (laughs) Well, I, it did make me feel good. Cause you know, sometimes you're like, shit, am I going to fuck them up? Or like, what the fuck? Like, you know, every, everybody is different. We don't do cookie cutter shit. So it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I know in the realm of what needs to happen, but like, is this going to work? And then you're like, yes, it's going to work. It always works because I know it's the right thing to do. And, but it's just like pulling people back. is like so hard. And so I think it's interesting that you say we wait for it to come up. So when you do that, you're, you're, you're looking at somebody's check-ins or like, what are you looking for specifically? It doesn't even have to be in like a specific area, but like, you know, this person, you said she wouldn't what check in with you. Is that how you knew? Like, she just couldn't do the, she couldn't do the bare minimum stuff. Like okay. she would have a good week and then she would fall off, have a good week and she would fall off. And then we would hear a lot of, a lot of, thankfully she was very open with me. If she hadn't been, I don't think I could have addressed what I would have, you know, what we could have. So I'm really, really grateful that my clients trust me on that level and they're able to open up to me that way. Um, but she was just let me in on a lot of just self-talk and, you know, so that was really the red flag, the way she speaks to herself and the way she speaks to herself was just very, you know, just not compassionate, just very hard. And just, and that again, then from her parents, because they were very hard on her. Um, and so, you know, when you grow up that way, but I also want to mention before, like I forget. So what I noticed with people when they struggle with doing the little things, um, or if they don't want to do the little things, like if they find them stupid, that also stems from a little bit of self-sabotage where they think that the little stuff doesn't count. Like that doesn't matter. It's not big enough. It's not big enough. And so it doesn't matter. And so I'm not going to get what I want because it's not big enough. And that's what I noticed a lot coming up too. So I just wanted to address that before the thought blew away. <laughs> yeah, but, no, um, I think that's one thing that I see a lot. I think that's important too, because we talk about pulling people back and building up this foundation and building up these small habits. Because at the end of the day, when life does get crazy and chaotic and hectic, 
And maybe there is a few, you know, weeks or even sometimes months, depending on life situation, that you do have to like pull back and you're like, shit, I don't have time to go to the gym five days a week now, and I'm just gonna have to go two times a week or whatever the case is. We're always able to fall back on kind of what anchors us down, whether it's our water, it's our steps, it's our just, you know, fucking get protein in at the meal at some point today. Like, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be this all or nothing or nothing mindset mm-hmm. and mentality. And I feel like that, that, that is another self-sabotaging. Well, if I can't do anything, I might as well do fucking nothing. No, yeah, I say slapping the fuck it button. That's what I tell my <laughs> clients. I'm like, let's not slap the fuck it button. Okay. We do not like, we have to do whatever we can to just not hit the fuck it button. Cause you know what? You hit it once. You're, you, you tap in that shit yeah. over and over and over again. You you have one McDonald's cheeseburger and then you're like, all right, I'm going to get a McFlurry and then I'm going to go have a couple beer. And then it just, you know, it just spirals. Yeah, so, yeah. So like you said, the small stuff, it's like non-negotiables having. And that's what I try to have my clients do as well. Small, non-negotiables. You're going to do this no matter what, to at least keep your brain in this momentum. Because that's what happens, right? Like we just, once we lose momentum and then very hard, it's like pushing a car that's dead very hard to push it when it's dead. And so same, yeah, same kind of concept there. Yeah. And I, you know, you call it momentum, which I love because a lot of people refer to it as motivation and I don't believe in that shit at all. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that's what I always feel like is the difference between motivation and discipline. Discipline to me are those anchors or Mm non-negotiables or habits that we build the brick by brick from at the very bottom foundation. If you have a fuck shit foundation, your house goes kaboom on itself. So, I mean, what, what would you say if your house was built with a shitty ass foundation, like fix it for sure. (laughs) Fucking fix it. Start small. Yeah. Yeah. And that lay that concrete. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So this kind of leads into also some other things that we we're going to touch on specifically. Let's start talking a little bit about um, the scale. And I've talked many times about the scale, but I'd like to hear your opinion of what you think of the scale and how oh, fucking scale <laughs> and how, you know, how uh, your client, how you have your clients, you know, maybe somebody that is just so mind focused and honed in on the scale that they cannot see any other thing that, you know, maybe they have seen progress in, but they can't, they can't get out of their, that set, that mindset um, to see what else is going on. Yeah. So first I, I want to talk about why we focus on it to begin with. So honestly, I think it boils down to what we've been taught. Like the day of age we grew up in, especially in the magazines, that's all you saw, right? Like lose 20 pounds in two weeks, like lose 10 pounds. Like it was all about pounds, 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 the scale, the scale, the scale, you know? And you never saw any that said, become the healthiest version of you. <laughs> no. Nothing. Or, you know, create more longevity, <laughs> you know, like that shit doesn't sell. No. You know, so, you know, maybe in, in modern day, we might see something like that, like get stronger, have more energy, just because we're slowly as a society learning to transition away from the scale. But growing up, that's all we saw. And so, you know, th- I mean, think of BMI too, right? Oh, like, God, yeah. Like I'm technically overweight. I'm damn near obese. Yeah. So if I were to send my stuff into a, a doctor, not like seeing me, I'm, I, they would think I'm unhealthy. Yeah. You know, so when that's all we are conditioned to see, like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we are, we do hyper-focus, you know, on the scale. Um, but it's really important to know that that is not the full picture. And so when I do have a client who is very hyper-focused on it, um, first, I like to make sure 
that's one of like the first questions I ask, like, how do we feel about the scale? Like, what is our connection, our emotion, our thoughts around the scale? Do we understand what the scale really is? And typically, you know, nine times out of 10, it's fuck the scale. I like, I hate the scale. It, it drives me nuts, all lot. So then I ask why. And typically it's just, you know, they're frustrated because they've been at the same weight, you know, for however long or whatever. So the first thing that I do is educate because I think knowledge is power in this way. The more we understand what the scale actually is, why it fluctuates, especially as women. This shit fluctuates like absolute crazy. Um, so it's important to understand why. And then after that, we determine whether or not, because I, as and my method is a little bit different um, from some other people. I've talked to other coaches in the space and some, you know, have their clients weigh in once a week or, you know, so on and so forth. I have two approaches. Either we're going to face our fear we're going to do this shit every single morning Yep. or we're not going to do it at all. Yep. It's one or the other, because you want to know what, if we're going to attach to something, at least let's attach to something that's accurate. Cause if sure. we're weighing once a week on a random day, like those other six days, there's so many variables that come into play that there's no way Wednesday to Wednesday, that's 100% accurate, you know, like if, but if we're weighing every single morning and we take the average at the end of the week and then we compare those, that is way more accurate. Yes. But that comes after, you know, education as well. And I've literally had clients take a post-it note and write down all the reason it fluctuates and I slap it right on the scale. So they understand that when they're set on that scale, if they see something they don't like, they understand. And if they see something they do like, they understand. Right. Because it's going to go up and down, you know? And so if we just have this, you know, hyper-focus on, okay, that's fat, then that's just going to ruin your day. Right. And I think it's important also what you're talking about, that the scale fluctuates. Like for some reason in our brains, probably because of how we were raised, we think that weight loss is synonymous, which every time we get on the scale, the weight shall move downward. Like, I don't know where this came from because I can't imagine, like, I don't know. I did that pesky thing where you count points and shit and they are so scale focused. It was like literally... The person behind the little thing when I weighed in was like, what'd you eat this week? And I was like, bitch. <gasps> like, I mean, it's, it's terrible. It's, I mean, this was almost 10 years ago and it's no, no, that's a lie. That's like 12 years ago. Shit. Okay. Um, and so it was just I like, lied. <laughs> I lied. And so it was, it was awful to think of what you're talking about. Like if you're going to weigh in once a week, you're missing six other days. What if you had a low during that day that you fucking miss? And now you're just, Mm -hmm. your whole day is shit because you're only weighing in one time a week and that scale went up. Now you're going to have a fucking shitty ass attitude in day because of the scale. And let's talk about that. How the scale affects our day weight goes down all of a sudden everything's fucking peachy keen that bitch goes up you're like fuck you lighting this house on fire today <laughs> like, like, yeah and that's why when my clients say that they like you know the scale went down two pounds I'm like, okay i try not to celebrate it too much so i don't want them to feel as if like that's all that matters you know like cool great maybe we're headed in the right direction let's keep going let's see what happens right you know because and it's important too to note that even when the scale goes down, it's it's not quote unquote permission to be like, oh, I'll just eat that extra donut today. No, you have to continuously do what you've been doing. Just like if the scale goes up, we're not going to restrict our calories more because, well, I was naughty and now the scale's gone up. Mm-hmm. And so now I have to eat less today. So it goes back down tomorrow. 
and I feel better. You know, it's, it's, yeah. you can't do that. You just have to be No consistent. matter what your scale says, you still deserve food. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Where we got this mentality too? fuck that shit. I mean, could you imagine if the scale could, if the scale continued to go down every single day, we will eventually shrink into nothing. Okay. Right. <laughs> we do not want the scale to go down every single day. That's no. not healthy. No, it's not. And it has to be, you know, like you're talking about over time within like <clears throat> periods. And then you have to make sure that you're coming out of those things. Like I often talk about like the three phases that I have people go in and not everybody starts in the same phase. Not everybody stays in the phase for as long as everybody else. Like, again, mm-hmm. that's why you hire people to kind of help you. Like, I don't know about you. You said you hired a coach. No, you did not hire a coach. No, not for my um, fitness. No, not for like my health fitness. But um, I just started educating myself actually like through real education and not just YouTube. Um, And, you know, not just YouTube and Google. I was, yeah, I was YouTube and Google for my first six years. Um, After that, you know, I actually. Wikipedia, Wikipedia. Solid. Yep. Yep. Wikipedia straight up. So, um, after that, I do want to get one though. I should have one. No, I put all my money into my mentorship. Facts. <laughs> I, I, I can relate, right. We're investing in ourselves yeah. in other ways. Yeah. No, I was yes. just curious because I was kind of the same, like opposite of you. I had a weight loss journey. <clears throat> um, well I had like a weight gain loss, weight gain loss, like that, you know, I did that typical yo-yo shit. It's a normal cycle. Yeah. yeah. And uh, finally figured it out. Like you educated myself with proper education, but you know, similar to you, you're talking about, you put on 55, what, 50 pounds of, of mass. I mean, people don't, people think that's simple, right? Because how easy it is, is it us to look at people and be like, Oh, did you see Sally? Dude, I haven't seen her like a year. She gained like at least 20 pounds. Like we look at people and assume that this process is like one comfortable because you're putting on weight and two easy. no, that shit is not easy, it's so as, hard. especially when you have somebody like you that was in this mindset of like, I don't want to put on weight. Like, it's not where I want to go. But to be healthy, I really should put on some weight. Right. Like, that's that's no, hard. for sure. That's hard. It's, it's, it's really, really hard. And that's why I say I'm like, you think losing weight's hard. Oh, forcing yourself to eat something. We don't want you ever try to force yourself to eat something. You don't want to eat. Yeah. <laughs> that is just tough. And, and, and what's crazy is, you know, for the first six, seven years, I was around 130. So really, the extra mass came from when I actually started doing progressive weights. And so that's how I know, you know, it was muscle, muscle. in that time, at least, you know, um, because I was actually practicing progressive overload. So the 20 ish pounds happened in a matter of a couple years. And yeah, a couple years, people years yeah. it years. takes so much time patience people want to see shit happen overnight and that's another thing that goes back to like feeling that the small shit isn't good enough because the big shit you know they think the big shit's what's going to get them there faster but really it's just the you know doing the small shit over and over and over and over and over again yeah it's repetitive and it's unfun and it's mm-hmm. fucking boring and i always compare it to like sexy black underwear no this is fucking granny panty shit okay this is, this is not fun and exciting. It's fucking granny panties, boring as fuck. It's not always fun to walk. It's not always fun to eat protein or whatever your like choice is. Like I eat the same shit almost every day when I am in a cut phase. It's like an egg white with some cheese. It's a salad. It's like a fig, you know, fig bar or something like that. And then my dinner consists of like rice and some type of protein. 
it's simple for me. Some people mm-hmm. can't stand that. And that's why they're like, I don't like eating the same thing every day. I don't necessarily like always enjoy those things either, even though I do enjoy like chicken and rice often, I'm not gonna lie, but Mm -hmm. I I think it's versatile, but I think it's important to know like the basics of this is fucking boring at times. Like very, it's, that's not supposed to be fun. (laughs) It's fucking granny panties. You guys, it's granny fucking panties. Okay. Get over it. (laughs) But but you you can always add in fun stuff too. You know what I mean? And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of macros. And that's the beauty of creating a lifestyle out of this. Because yes, we weight train a couple times a week, but I like to go mountain biking on the weekends. I like to go hiking. Like there's ways to stay active and keep it fun. Like it doesn't always have to be like robotic. You know what I mean? I think that's what people assume it has to be in order to be successful. And that's just not the case. You don't have to eat chicken, rice, and broccoli every day. No, you don't. You know? No. And I, and that's, uh, you know, like I say that I eat a lot of same things. I'm a, I'm a weekend person where usually my routine is a little bit different. We do, we're Italian and we do family dinner Sundays and sometimes Saturdays and Fridays and whatever, like it is what it is. But like, you know, this last weekend we had like stir fry on the Blackstone. Great. Mm -hmm. And then we had pizza, like homemade pizzas on our Blackstone. So there's ways to incorporate other things. You just, you know, you still have to, but I just feel like the basic, the, the basics of things is just very, very simple. simple. And pe- 100%. people don't necessarily always like that kind of shit. They don't. They don't. They don't like the boring stuff. And you want to know what? That's why you're still where you are. Exactly. 100%. Um, so let's talk about other ways you have your clients track. So if, if they're a person that you're like, because you're in all, well, you're kind of all or nothing with the scale. Either we're doing this, we're committing, or we're fucking out. So when you mm-hmm. say, nope, we're out, how do you have a client uh, track progress? It's something I've talked about before, but maybe you have something different that you use to help them track their progress so that they can see what's changing without necessarily being attached to the scale. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the ways, and it's probably, a, mine are probably a lot similar to yours. So how are our clothes today? I mean, if our clothes are getting better, but the scale is the same, there's something to be said there, right? That's some sort of body recomposition. Um, If our energy levels are good, are we having enough crashes in the day? Like, are we able to wake up and not feel, you know, groggy? Are we, you know, just energy levels as a whole? So that leads into sleep. So are we sleeping better? Are we waking up and not groggy? Is our quality of sleep better? Are our moods better? Like, are we not fighting with our husband as much? That's that's literally been one I've had with my clients. She goes, I thought over an argument so fast. But like, it's just not me. I'm like, yeah, you're fueling your body. You're not hangry 24-7. Absolutely, I'm sure. Right. Um, you know, are we not yelling at our kids as much? You know, um, exercise performance, or this is my absolute favorite one. Like, are we crushing in the gym? Like, are we hitting PRs? Like, are we, you know, we just feeling more energized in the gym? Like, we can go longer. Like, what, you know, what's that like? Your blood markers, obviously. You know, go to the doctor. Your libido. Are you just out here just wanting to do it? Like, that's a great sign. Rabbits, bitches. <laughs> Great size. Yes. Are we out here rabbiting it? You know, like um, your food relationship. This is a big one for my clients. Like, were you able to eat some cheesecake and not feel like an asshole after? Yeah. Like, what were our feelings after we gave ourselves permission to eat something good? And if, you know, and by good, I mean, all food is good. Food, food is food. Okay. Just some are more nutrients than nutrient dense than others. Yes. This is a big thing that I try to tell my clients. The food is food. I'd rather you eat a McDonald's cheeseburger and then starve yourself every day of the week. Um, so what their food relationship looks like, if they, you know, are feeling more, you know, positive around their food choices, uh, self-talk, what does our self-talk look like? 
are we talking shit to ourselves? Are we, you know, being nice to ourselves? Are we practicing compassion? Because um, I think the way we speak to ourselves has a huge influence on the way we act. On the way we act, on the way we show up, on the way we view ourselves, um, our mind and bodies, they work in unison. You know what I mean? So if you want to say it to a friend, don't say it to yourself. And that's yep. a big one for me. Yeah. I uh, haven't done this one yet. I want to do a podcast around negativity, breeding more negativity, and mm-hmm. um, and what that looks like. So when you talk about like, how do you help a client? How do you help a client self talk better to themselves? I don't think that I don't even know if that question makes sense. <laughs> Just speak better. So yeah, um, really, you know, it's first again becoming aware. Awareness is always the very like. Like that's the start of everything, right? Becoming aware. When do these thoughts come in and what are we saying? And how can we frame them in a way that's a little better? So are you familiar with like body neutrality at all? Uh, not really. No. So body, so body neutrality is like based on the notions of just like having body acceptance and respect regardless of what it looks like. Okay. So there's like that whole body positivity movement, which is like, I love my body. I love my legs. Okay, but every day we're not going to wake up and love our body. Like, let's just be fucking real. Right. Like, to this day, like, I'm the best I've ever looked. I'm the most confident I've ever been. But every day I don't wake up and say, wow, you look like a bad bitch today. Some days I wake up and I'm like, ooh, I am. All right. Not feeling, not feeling, not feeling the hottest. Not feeling the hottest. But you want to know what? My body can lift some heavy shit. Right. My body is strong. My body can run. It can jump. It can do all of these amazing things. So body neutrality is really just, coming to terms of what your body is and just accepting it as it is and speaking to it out of a place of being more neutral and not like forcing love down your throat because that's not realistic. And if we're, and we know we're lying for ourselves, right? Like if I'm looking in the mirror, I don't feel very great. And I say, I love myself. If I don't feel that I'm now lying. Like you don't want to lie to yourself. Correct. So say, okay, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the process of learning to love what I see and that's okay. You know? So, um, that's one of the things that we focus on. So like, what is it that you said? How can we reframe that? So it's still true, but it's a little bit more neutral and a little bit more positive. Gotcha. Nice. So let's, no, it totally makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. No, I like that too. I think your, your, your like key point of like being aware. A lot of times I don't think people are aware of what they're even, what, like what comes out of their mouth. Like if I could give everybody one superpower, it would be the power of intense self-awareness like because if we are not aware we cannot fix a single thing like if we don't know what we're doing like how are we gonna grow you know so our so there's something called the reticular activating system that's a really fancy word yeah you're familiar right yeah it sounds actually like something that came out of back to the future that's what i always think of (laughs) yeah no for sure the reticular activating system yeah there's something yes, that it's, exactly. whatever is in back to the future it sounds very similar to that it always makes me chuckle every time that's really funny now i'm gonna think that every <laughs> single time i say it <laughs> but um so for those who don't know it's just the part of your brain that filters everything out except for a small handful of information so at any moment your brain is taking in up to two trillion bits of information but your brain can't handle that obviously so your brain filters most of it out and so it goes from two trillion, two trillion bits to like 200 bits or something like that. Um, so what happens, so it's like, um, you know, when you're looking for, like when you're buying a car, I think we all recognize, knows this. When we're buying a car, 
and it's like a new car. So like when I bought my Malibu, all I saw on the roads were Malibu. Yep. That's all I saw. Because that's what I was focusing on. Yep. So it's the same kind of concept when it comes to us. When we're like, okay, we suck. We're going to look for all the reasons that we suck. Like we, our body is ugly. We're going to look for every single reason to prove to ourselves that our body is ugly. So one of the things and you know, practicing on our body image and our body neutrality is focusing all the things that your body is instead of all the things that your body is not. And in this practice, we'll slowly start to like, that'll just start to happen naturally because that's what our body, our brain is learning. That's the pertinent information. So the pertinent information used to be how much my body sucks. But now the current information is what is what my body is so cool. Yeah. You know, like let's, and you can teach your, you can teach your brain. This. Like your brain is able to change in that way. And so I think a lot of people just get stuck and they assume I'm always going to be this way. And that's why a lot of people who reach their goals, they still want more for themselves and they're still not happy because they're still on this programming of my body. I need, my body sucks. I still need more. So this is what I'm saying about like, if we don't change the internal, no matter what we do to the external, doesn't it's matter. Still not gonna, yeah. It's still not gonna do us justice. No, it's not. It'll never be good enough. It'll never be. Mm-hmm. It'll never be enough of anything because we'll yeah. still have that next yeah, thing to what, go. Exactly, and that's what I struggled with forever. And it wasn't until I started CrossFit that I made this kind of connection. Um, I started seeing what my body was capable of doing, and I started switching my frame. Like I wasn't like I didn't know what was honestly like I wasn't searching for that. Like I wasn't searching for self love. I thought I was just always gonna hate my body. Like straight up, I thought that was just the way it was. And then I started just focusing on just how cool it is and like all the things it does. And, and then before you knew it, I'm like, wow, my body's awesome. Yeah. I need to tell people that I need, yeah. I need everybody to feel this way. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I want to touch on that you said, it made me start to sweat a little bit is when you made a comment about like everybody's superpower being like intense awareness. I was like, oh, that's scary. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I kind of started sweating. I'm like, I don't know if I would like that because, you know, intense awareness like really means you have to own your shit. And that is, that's scary. It is. Yes, it is. And, but you want to know what? It's incredibly empowering oh, too. God. If you let it be. My hand is sweaty. I'm not even going to lie. It's a little sweaty right now. I'm just like, dude. <laughs> oh, I just sweat. <laughs> it's like all the things that I probably should be aware about that I am like in on purpose, like, nope, filter that through. No, not going to filter that through. I'm like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, let's talk about this a little bit more. Real quick, I want to touch on, you're talking about focusing on all the things that your body is capable of, all the things that your body can do versus uh, all the things that it can't. Like, why is this important when it comes to the mind shift? Because a lot of times it's like, I have to go exercise today. I have to eat healthy today. I have to do whatever. Instead of coming from a place of like, my body is so fucking awesome that I get to go walk. Like, do you know there's people that cannot walk? There are people that don't have access to healthier foods and other foods and things like that, where it kind of becomes, I don't want to say a privilege, but a little bit of like, like kind of like you're talking about just focusing on what our body is able versus our body, like instead of coming from a place of like guilt or like I ate this donuts and I have to go work out for three hours or some shit like that. Like, let's talk about that a little bit. I don't, I don't know really what you want to talk about it, but let's talk about it. <laughs> no, I no, I love that. You want to talk about that. So this is another really big thing that like, I really tried to get my clients to switch their frame of thinking on. So it, I can even get the words out. So <laughs> this is the best way to build this into a lifestyle. We want to make sure that this is a forever thing 
we have to come at our health and our fitness from a place of self-compassion, like from a place of, I get to do this. This is good for me. Because what happens is when we are exercising and eating out of a place of, I have to do this because I hate myself or I dislike my body. I have to eat this because uh, I dislike my body. It becomes this negative kind of like fault. Like it becomes just a negative thing to do. Like yeah. exercise becomes negative. Exercise becomes a punishment. Yep. But exercise is it, it's a reward for your body. Like it's like, you know, it's showing your body respect. It's showing your body love. And when we come at it from such a negative place, it's it's going to be very hard to continue to do that for the rest of your life. Yep. Right? Like when we're coming at, um, it's like the difference between someone that says, I can't have that from the person that says, I don't want that. But I can't have that is, operating out of a place of guilt and shame they are the, their own dictator right and so once they do so once they do have it what does that look like that looks like rebellion that looks like i'm doing something wrong that food is now bad to me yep. right and now forever since we you know ate it and we were bad that food is now quote bad. unquote bad yep mm-hmm. but the person that says i don't want that isn't necessarily saying like oh I don't think that's going to be good. Like, I don't think that's, you know, I don't think I won't enjoy that. I'll probably will. But it's not going to make me feel very good right now. It's not going to make my body feel very good right now. It's not what is, you know, indicative of my goals at this moment. I'll have it one day, but right now I just don't want it. So it's like a very big difference between I can't or I don't, or I have to go to the gym or, you know, versus I'm going to go to the gym today. I get to go to the gym today. You know what I mean? And so, that's what a huge struggle with just people nowadays is, is everything is white knuckling. Everything is so like, I have to do this. I have to do that. Nobody wants to be told what they have to do. No. no. And after a time of you telling yourself what you have to do, you're going to end up presenting it and you're going to end up, end up just stopping. And that's why people stop. I mean, for the most part is because there, how long can you operate out of a place of punishment? Right. Really? Yeah. You know, and when you think about and, it, it's like it, you it's a, that whole like typical like don't look down. Well, what's the first thing somebody does when somebody says don't do something? They fucking either do it just out of spite. So then it's like but then it's like, oh, shit, I probably shouldn't have done that. Like, oh, fuck. So it's like don't eat that cookie. And then when you eat that cookie or that donut or the piece of cake at your, you know, whoever's birthday party, now all of a sudden like you're a naughty person and this is bad and I shouldn't have done that. And then there's guilt. And then there's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I'm not eating any more carbs for the rest of my life. Well, that's a fucking lie. And we all know that's a fucking lie. Like mm-hmm. and then it's just this like spiral effect of all these other things then that transpire that there's kind of spread from that one little moment. Um, yeah, no, you, you explained it very perfectly. Very good. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. And then, yeah. And then, so then we just either punish ourselves, like you said, or we start, we hit the fucking button and we make it way worse, you know? Yep. So it's like, um, there was a metaphor. Did you see the post about the shower? The guy talking about the shower. Okay. So he was like, so I forgot to take a shower yesterday. Am I just going to like not take a shower today? <sighs> so it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's every day is a brand new day. Like just because you ate the cookie yesterday, what does that mean? Like we're just going to go and just like ruin the next day too. Like, no, we're just going to go. We did shower yesterday. Oh, all right. Let me shower today. You know, like every day is a brand new day. Like we don't have to bring yesterday's mistakes over to today. If even if it was a mistake, like why is eating a cookie always have to be a mistake? Right. It's only a mistake when you, when you treat it as such. Right. You know, if you allow it to derail you, if you allow it to eat at you, if you allow the shame and the guilt, 
You know what I mean? Yep. No, that's perf- perfectly said. I like it because like this. I've never been told I said something perfectly. So <laughs> day is made. <laughs> Sold. Done. We can end this podcast. Game over. Done. Done. Success. <laughs> Great success. I just want to like touch on a point too, right? So you're talking about like saying I can't have something versus I don't want that. So prime example here is my family loves ice cream and we love eating like going to the like we have we have a Dairy Queen that's kind of close. My preference, though, is like frozen custard. So it's like super more higher in calories and fat and whatever else. I don't care. I enjoy it. I love it. I'm going to eat it when I want to eat it. And so last weekend, we had two days in a row, we had ice cream, one from the custard place. Well, I had ice cream. My family didn't know I had ice cream, <laughs> but I went and got it after I helped a friend move. Um, and then the next day we had a Dairy Queen. And then this last weekend, I think it was Friday night, no, Saturday night. What day is it? I don't even know what day it is. Okay. Yeah. So Saturday I night, know I know that whole like Memorial Day screws me up because I never know like what's a real day and not a real day. I don't know. I work seven days a week anyways. It doesn't fucking matter. So, um, Feel that. <laughs> right. So anyways, so like last night, no, whatever night it was, everybody's like, Oh, we're going to go get, can you know, let's, can we go get dairy queen? Blah, blah, blah. So everybody's like putting in their order, whatever coming around. And, uh, you know, they're like, Oh, aunt Sarah, do you want something? And I was like, no, I'm good. Thanks. I was the only person out of probably eight people that did not get even a mini or a cup or a cone or a small, whatever, nothing. Um, and I was totally okay with it because for me, it was like a choice that I was in charge of. And I was like, it's not that I can't have that. If I wanted it, I would fucking eat it. But I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. nah, I know what I've eaten the rest of the day. Probably, you know, for me, not going to be, you know, does. So some question I ask myself all the time is, does this align with my goals right now? Like, does this drive my needle the direction? It's something that I ask my clients frequently is like, does this align with the direction you're trying to get your needle to go? If it doesn't, that's okay. You can still choose to do that thing that you're, you know, maybe unsure you should be doing. Uh, But at the same time, at some point, somewhere else, something is going to have to be sacrificed. Like we can't have everything that we want all the time. And that's a matter Mm -hmm. of the power to say, I don't want that because it doesn't necessarily drive or align with the direction I'm trying to go right now. And I can't and not allowed to have that. So it's interesting that you just brought it up just because that was my experience like two days ago. So yeah, no, for sure. And that's the beauty, again, of when you've been doing this for so long, like when you've been paying attention to your body and your hunger cues, and you've been feeding it good food, it knows what it wants. Yeah. Like, for example, like you probably knew like, oh, that is not going to sit very good with me. You oh. know what I mean? Like, it's probably not going to feel very good. Like, not that it wouldn't taste good. Obviously, that shit would have tasted great. Right. But like, it's just not going to sit well. I actually the same exact thing. I went to um, St. Augustine with my siblings. And so we were eating takeout for like three days. And I'm just like, dude, I just want something green. Right. Like, I just want, like, not like, because like, I felt like I needed it because I was eating quote unquote bad. But because my body just wanted that, I could tell my body just wanted the fiber. It wanted some protein. It wanted a home cooked meal that wasn't covered in oil yeah. and grease. And and that's you know when we our body is so accustomed to eating takeout all the time, like a lot of people, we don't really know what, a, what our body is supposed to feel like. Yeah, like we don't even know what it feels like when it's running well and efficiently. And so that's why it's really hard for people who have been eating like shit for so long to stop it 
or, you know, to just like break that cycle because that's their norm. Like that's normal to them. Like for me, like my body, I know when my body needs something and everybody has the power to get to that place, but it's going to take the small, tiny little bricks that we, that we, that we talked about, you yeah. know, like it's starting small and being okay with starting small yeah. because that's what's going to, you know, last. It's not all this big shit trying to come out ripped tracking all your macros hitting the gym now man <laughs> we gotta start we got some baby steps light coming out friend. rip coming out rip that's so funny uh-uh <laughs> I know, seriously seriously yeah so it's it, you know it's it's i feel like it, it becomes almost empowering to be able to say i don't want that or i don't need to have that today instead of i can't Absolutely. i'm not allowed to have that you know i one story that i talked about kind of recently um because you know I have three kids and so whatever. So I feel like food awareness, like I, I never want my kids to feel like, like we have Oreos in our house and we have like things that are quote unquote, people are like, you're a health coach and you allow your children to eat that. Yeah. They're fucking kids. Like I'm not going to deprive my kids and make them eat rabbit food all the time. I try to get them to eat balanced shit. I mean, the reality is it's like they have to, ha- they have to learn this too. Um, Something I never exactly learned. I was going to say, like, they need to learn how to, you know, manage their yeah. food choices. Yeah. And so I remember, like, Blake had come home and said that some mom that he was with couldn't eat their chocolate-covered pretzel because it had chocolate on it and this and they can't eat that. And maybe it was because, maybe, right. I was like, well, I thought about it. I'm like, maybe it's because of allergy. I don't really fucking know. But it doesn't, but the kids don't know that. And so when a kid just hears, oh, his mom wasn't allowed to eat it. I was like, that's weird. You know, and what does that, what kind of message does that send when we're, saying these things in front of our kids, even if it wasn't necessarily like, even if it was like an allergy type of thing or she can't have gluten, so she can't have the pretzel or I don't fucking know, you know what I mean? But it's like, what kind of message are we wanting our kids to have or hear? And I know you don't have kids, but you have nieces and nephews, right? So it's still important. I do. Yeah. And they're amazing, by the way. And they're so cute. I love all your little oh, fucking videos of them. them. <laughs> I just immediately melted once you mentioned them. I was like, yes, I do. I love them so much. <laughs> yeah. So it's like important that we're also establishing these habits and these routines for our children so that they pick up on these habits, these small building block habits that we're talking about, you know, and allowing our ourselves the the opportunity to show them like, no, these are positive things. Moving our body is a positive thing. It's a healthy thing. Um, it should be a normal thing. People, you know, it's not a punishment thing. And, and I think it's, you know, translating into other generations at this point is where we need to really start focusing is because I don't want my daughter or my boys to be how I was. I don't want that for them, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think it's important that we're you know, pushing this, like we talked about our generation grew up with Cindy Crawford and I don't, Alicia Silverstone on the cover of magazines, where it's like blast that belly fat in 10 days. It's like that fucking doesn't exist now. Got it. A size six, a size eight was considered fat. Yeah. I remember I was looking at something like Nicole Richie. She was like a size six or eight. And they said that was fat. I'm like, that is normal now. Like you go to the store, there are no six, eight, ten, nothing. Cause that's the norm. Like all that's left are, you know, this zeros and stuff, you know, not like that's, you know, bad either, but it's just the norm. Right. And, you know, like we are full figured people and there is nothing wrong with that. No. And I think too, like a lot of people don't get like when you're, when we're, when you're transforming your body, especially when you're doing it with weights, your body composition is much different and Mm -hmm. muscles 
look different. And so like, you know, you, there are no like skinny jeans, like, oh, I have to get over my, my quads. Like, <laughs> like the, I have to find jeans that fit. Well, sometimes that requires going up in size and we could go on and on and on, I feel like, but like attaching to a fucking size pant, like, like, you know, mm-hmm. the, that whole mentality too. It's like every number one, you go to target, you're going to get one thing. You're going to go to Meyer. Well, I don't know what you like, whatever you guys have Ross. You get like all this stuff, mm-hmm. like every size and every company and every brand is completely different. So a size four is, could be like a size eight. I know American Eagle used to always run their jeans, super, big. So I always felt like really small. I was like a size eight in American Eagle, but I was like a size 12 and everywhere else. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm in a size eight pant, bitch. Oh, I'm going to stick to American Eagle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, don't tell everybody you're really a size 12. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just like shit like that. Like I would do that shit all the time. So stupid, like thinking about it and hearing about it now, but like this, this is the norm. So detaching ourselves from even not just the scale, but numbers in general, like data. For That's, sure. Got to use them as data. For sure. And yeah, so I was shopping. I don't know if you're familiar with Shein. Are you familiar with Shein? Yes. Okay. It's just online store, whatever. And yes. <laughs> you're shaking your head like, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> I always heard it called Sheen. So that's, I feel like oh, it gets I don't know. I Everybody pronounces it different. Anyways, when I buy pants from there, I have to buy small, medium, large. Like I have to like buy just the whole thing because every single pant fit completely different. And that is the same with that concept. Like whatever brand it is, everything is different. I have things in my closet from size two to size 10, Yep. you know, and they can all fit me exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it's really like, it really depends on the brand. So yeah, detaching definitely from numbers, just numbers as a whole. Fuck numbers. Okay. I hate them to begin with. So I do too. That's me. I hate numbers in general. Like everybody always teases me because I suck at math. I'm like, I was a math teacher or I was a music teacher. We just counted to four, like one, two, three, four, one, two. See, we just start back at one after four. Life is good. That's all I had to know. I know that's how I feel when I'm at the gym when I'm like trying to count like my plates and stuff. I'm just like, I know people are staring at me. I'm like this, like just like counting on my fingers. I'm like, oh, like it takes me like five minutes to just like figure out what is on my bar. Even though I've been doing this, for, I should know what you know what 45 or 45 is you know but we carry the one try the okay <laughs> okay all right 40 shit no that was not the right number okay hang on i got this again like yeah no i know and the best is when you accidentally got a pr because you didn't count right so oh. they're like fuck yeah man <sighs> that's terrible yeah I that whoops i was just kidding i got a pr not this time not this time <laughs> too funny all right well i think that we kind of covered everything I think tell I, uh, I think so. Yeah, tell my people where can they find you if they don't like me but they like you cuz I'm all I'm oh, oh my god. I'm a big believer in that not everybody is for everybody. So I know that there may be people who are like she's crazy but the girl she just interviewed is like fucking badass. So where can they find you? That girl she just interviewed is fucking crazy. Yeah, I want nothing to do with her. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, but yeah, so my Instagram, I actually just changed the name. So I literally just had to pull it up on my phone so I can make it easier for people to find me because my first name is spelled wrong as we previously discussed. So it's Gabby period Tarvosky on Instagram. And okay. then my TikTok is the same, I believe. I think it's Gabby Tarvosky on TikTok. K-A-R-V-O-S-A-I. Exactly awesome. how it sounds. Awesome. Like I'll, we said, it's more intimidating than it is. Yeah. I'll, I'll uh, also link it in the show notes for anybody that is uh, okay. interested. Um, Ooh, and then, link in show notes. Oh, I'm so excited. I my know. first podcast, guys. I know. And you did so great. 
You were so nervous. You did amazing. Oh my gosh. You have no idea. I had to meditate this morning and before. (laughs) You're so silly. It's great. You're no, I told you it would be no big deal. Like I told you we'd bounce right off each other. No big deal here. Yes, it was. It was so much fun. I only lost my train of thought one time. Yes. Only, Hey, I consider that a win. I consider that a huge win. Yeah. Huge, huge win. Yeah, look at you I have some public speaking disasters <laughs> under my belt. And I think that's, I think that's why. I think that's why. That's but, so funny. You know. But thank you so much for having me. No, I appreciate you coming on with me today, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And if you want to uh, learn more, I have my application for my one-on-one coaching fitness freedom forever method in the show notes, as well as you can find me on Instagram at vetwifefitmom. And you can find me on Facebook at Sarah J. Krieger. You guys remember that every day is a new day to do better, be better and begin again. (laughs) 